1: Three, two, one. Bonjour and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kovacevic. He's Ramon Foster. I'm in Montreal. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Somewhat comparable locales, I'm sure. Hi, Moan. Look at my backdrop
0: and look at yours.
1: <laughs> this is, <laughs> if you've never been up here, can't recommend it strongly mm-hmm. enough. This is the heart of beautiful Centre V. Uh, Montreal. That back there, yeah, Moan, can you see the green hill? I, I see it. Yes, okay. I do. That is Montreal. It's the mountain that overlooks Mont-real. the city. My knowledge is <laughs> that there are only three cities in the world mm. that have a big, big mountain or hill overlooking them directly. And I don't know the third one, but I do. I do know that two of them are Montreal and, of course, Pittsburgh with Mount Washington.
0: Why would you know that, DK? I don't
1: remember. I just I, had somebody look it up or something.
0: <laughs> just off top, I'm going to go with maybe
1: Denver. Nah. Well, <laughs> Denver's mountains are there. That's a good call. But they're kind of way back, you know? See? It's not It's not really the same.
0: I thought I was terrible with useless facts. I'm not saying it's useless, but no, random facts. like no, I <laughs> would have never, ever thought to look that up. But I appreciate... The sentiment of let me know that because now you got me intrigued about Montreal, okay, because you sold me before we did this show that yeah, you need to come it's, visit.
1: It's it's special. And 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 anybody who's never been up here, don't fear the whole French thing. Most everybody here is bilingual. And if I, I took eight years of French in college, oh, wow. it does me no good. Okay. Like, un, until you learn a, a, another language conversationally, all you're doing is going through your head Processing. for each individual word. Yeah. So but, but, I say, Je veux un cafe. <laughs> you, you know what I say to you? Bragging
0: huh? camp, because that's all you've been doing since you got on right now is bragging.
1: This, real is, this, is, this is accurate. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess this is, this we got to
0: do something here since DK's got all the medals now.
1: Well, speaking of uh, bragging, and not that Cam Hayward is the bragging type. No,
0: he's not. He's the worker type.
1: He's he's the worker type. He's the doer. Way more than the talker. However, Cam does expect, and rightly so, a measure of respect for his accomplishments. Yeah. Okay? And he recognizes correctly that what he does on the football field isn't always valued or appreciated properly, particularly by those on the outside. So let's talk about, our favorite viewer <laughs> slash listener from yesterday's show, Cam Hayward, and what he had to say about it.
0: Oh my! So it was about seven o'clock Eastern, almost eight o'clock Eastern. Uh, I get a text message from a buddy. I light up when I see my teammates text me, man, and I still lit up when I saw the message. And it was it was very cordial conversation that we had. <laughs> it was uh, it was discussing the ranking that Jeremy Fowler released yesterday. That was a culmination of uh, execs, scouts, front office people that ranked guys. And yesterday they did the cam, they did D the tackles. And I get a text at 647 central yesterday that reads, saw your show. Thank you, Cam, for the view. Okay. I ain't five. I ain't four. I ain't three. Is pick your poison at one or two. And I said, oh,
1: yeah. Pick your poison at one or two. And we know where one
0: was or who he is, and that was Aaron Donald. And but he's he- saying to himself, you know who two is. Two is himself, Cam Hayward. And after discussing it with him, uh, well, my initial rebuttal was, did did I not give you your credit saying that? I know the vot- motivation and respect of everything that you see and do. So that, it was a very respectful conversation. It wasn't a, hey, you guys suck. It wasn't that. It was just. You know, again, I told you, Cam is cerebral in his movements and how he plays and how his career is. So because of that, I appreciate him, you know, reaching out to kind of say, one, he watched it, and two,
1: give his reason for how he felt. Oh, hang on. Let's keep this real here. Okay. Because at at one point in that segment yesterday, both you and I brought up Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. And in a very positive light. And again, that's fair to Simmons and what he's become in the league in a short period of time. Mm Mm-hmm. And we kind of, both of us were like Jeffrey Simmons and Cam, you know, and I think I have a feeling here, knowing Cam uh, the way we both do, that that would be the kind of thing that would maybe go, oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. There's a one and a two. Mm hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 leave it there and let's leave all these Jeffrey Simmons types out of the <laughs> equation. All right. Yeah, 100 percent.
0: And and again, I told Cam, I was like, you're welcome to come on. I think he will at some point if given that opportunity. His schedule is crazy because he's still training and whatnot. But with that being said, let's so, you, you know, I cover the Titans here in Tennessee. And uh, initially, when I found out who Jeffrey Simmons was and they played him and everything else, and I've been studying him and watching him, I actually said I correlate uh, Jeffrey Simmons to Cam Hayward. But it's funny, Cam, uh, uh, (laughs) what's his name? He actually correlates himself to Fletcher Cox. Like Jeffrey Simmons correlates himself to Fletcher Cox. And I'm like, if you watch yourself, you're mixed between Cam Hayward and Indomitian Sue with the attitude that you play with. I did that comparison a while back after I figured out what Jeffrey Simmons was as a player. I think he's Cam 2.0 in the sense that they play very similar. So I can understand what he he was getting at. Cam saying he was number two. You know what he also said? We had a different conversation. He sent me a stat line. That read off, and I sent it to you guys to show Like, well, look, Cam numbers in 2021 are higher than Jeffrey Simmons. Cam numbers, as far as quarterback sacks, were higher, forced fumbles. Cam had that, too. Cam also had an interception. The numbers don't lie. And this is the other side of it, too, and I was like, well, maybe they're going with Jeffrey Simmons because of, his age, he's younger. He's 24. He'll be a, That shouldn't matter. That shouldn't and matter. See, that's it, what it, Cam said. It,
1: in the moment, the moment is the ranking yep. for something like this. The way I, Jeremy I, Fowler described the way he posed this question to the NFL executives and yep. evaluators that he interviewed was right now. It wasn't potential. It wasn't past performance. It was right now.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And like I said, my mindset was because I I went in depth into thinking like, what what could be offensive about being one through five? And I know the idea that you want to be number one. And I respect Cam for his approach to it and love that approach to it, too. But I said, well, Maybe they're giving Jeffrey Simmons a pass because he's younger and he's did a good little bit so they kind of see it in a different light. I said, "Okay, you hit your 30s, they start to look at you different. You know how the 30s are in the NFL? They Perception. look at you di- and you know what mm-hmm. Cam said? To your point the age don't matter. Guess what Cam said immediately after? He said, mm-hmm. "Well, they don't do it to Aaron Donald." I said, "That's true." And I can see why you push back at these guys that that that, that write this type of stuff and have this type of stuff to say. Because if you're going to correlate it, correlate it to him too. Don't just make it, well, the first statement in, in Cam's write-up was even after his 30s, he's continually playing at a high level. Don't say that about me if you're not going to say it about him. And I yeah. feel Cam on that because the league will write you out. When you start to hit those 30s.
1: Yeah, well, and remember that AD was the one floating out there after the Rams season, whether or not he might retire or whatever. And still, age doesn't get attached uh, to AD at all. Um, I, I think that where Cam is concerned, though, you said, Ramon, just a, a few seconds ago that numbers don't matter. or, or They do. No, no, no. You said that, yeah, you said that numbers do matter. But I also feel like when it comes to interior down linemen on either side of the football, numbers are just so difficult. They are. And when, when, if I guarantee you that if you took, let's say, John Mitchell, Mm -hmm. okay, Coach Mitch just sits there with video of Cam. And Jeffrey Simmons and, and, and puts them side by side and take mm-hmm. out all the, imp, you know, make him as impartial as he could possibly be. Yep. In that, in that, he's he's certainly capable of that. It's a yes, pretty strong willed yes individual. Okay. And say, evaluate the performances of both of these defensive linemen within the context of what the team needed mm-hmm. in that given game. And then you go to situations like, in Minneapolis when the Steelers yeah. are getting gashed. And it sounds ironic that I'd bring that game up, but right. that was the one where Cam was just told, just go yeah. wherever the Vikings are running. Mm-hmm. Just don't worry about your position. We just need a tourniquet here. Stop the damned bleeding. Okay, yeah. Dalvin Cook has 500 yards against us. Just make it stop. Yeah. So they're moving Cam. They're making Cam a nose tackle. They're moving him over here, over there. This One of those things wasn't even a position. Because he's that guy. Because he's that guy. Could you have asked that of Jeffrey Simmons at his age right now? I don't no. think so. No. no. That's what I'm so. talking about here. It's a right now thing. It is. It's a right now thing. And Cam's got a very, very Strong. rigid point. Yep. Yes, he does. Yes, This is a bigger
0: conversation. God, this is so much bigger. It so
1: very much is. It really (laughs) is. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about cornerback depth. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Ramon, uh, cornerback is a position that not a lot of people are talking about, including fans of the Steelers, to the best of my ability to gauge. It's kind of surprising to me because when you lose a name, you know, and we've yeah. spent a good amount of time on this show talking about perception and names. Right. When you lose a name like Joe Hayden, You would think that it would have some kind of comparable reaction to what, you know, losing the name that you had at quarterback, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, who the people are and what they are at this point in their careers. And I look at this group with. You know Levi Wallace, the free agent signed yeah. uh, on one side of the outside. Akella Witherspoon, who came up with some splash over the course of the second half of last yeah. season once he got out there. Um, how do you feel about the corners? We well, also I should mention Cam Sutton, obviously, and the and yeah. the inside guys, Arthur Millette. How do you feel about this group? I think they're solid, but I think they're gonna have to be supported up
0: front with the russian and, and rush and coverage of the linebackers too. Like that's just where I'm at. They're, they are where we were as a young group as offensive line. They got to grow, and, and I'm just hoping that isn't a whole lot of growing pains. Because again, you miss the name of Joe Hayden. Say what you want to, even when Joe came to us as a as a as a veteran at that point, like super veteran at that point, he still played well, and I almost be. I don't think it's a bad take to say that he played well the last year and the year before that. Also think about that big play he made against the Titans on that fourth down by
1: himself, making the tackle still the defensive play of the year. I'm sorry. With all Seriously? due respect to TJ and and Cam and everybody else, Joe's tackle. Uh, on a tight end. Well, yeah. Okay. We, we joke about the, you know, lifting weights and the guns and everything. That's <laughs> that, that tackle's made in the weight room. Yeah. It just it is. is. Joe was that
0: strong. That one moment in which you actually need to use the weight room because you know how it is. Most of it's cerebral DK or most most of it is technique. But Joe got big right there. And because of that, like Joe may have had one or two plays, but they didn't pick on him the way they did all the other guys too. And you, you, it's funny you mentioned that, man. I saw a Sports Illustrated article this morning that linked. you would talk about names, right, DK? We talk about names all the time. Xavier, Xavier Rhodes was linked to Pittsburgh as maybe a potential signing later in camp. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, if, if we're talking about just name and veterans, like Pittsburgh has always had the type of veteran in that room, DK, whether it's a guy like Joe Hayden or whether it was Will Gay or whether it was uh, Bruton from from Alabama, remember, or Denver. He played at Denver. I mentioned his college scene. They've always had one or two older veterans in that group, whether it's guidance or whether it's just a name we trust, you know, it's like DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's a name you trust oh, and you geez. can go to for something good. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Like I, Xavier I do, Rose man. was and, a guy.
1: And that's actually what, what what leads me back to Joe. Because Joe's out there. Okay? yeah. Yep. And Joe, through his agent, is you know, putting out feelers to, to reporters that, well, yeah. there are offers on the table and we're going through them, but there might not be. Okay? There might not be. The fact is. Uh, the one thing that you can't bluff in these equations is are you signed or are you not signed? Because if you're not signed, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to believe that uh, on the 7th of July you're sitting there with your pick of offers. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're the Steelers and they still have uh, cap space and they still have need for depth at corner, would you consider offering Joe and bringing him back? Um, like in a Vinny I, kind of way, in, in, in any kind of way, I, I think it's, it's not a
0: bad situation. If you got Joe playing a spot position, if you really feel really good about a kilo or, 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 or trade Norwood or any of the young guys, then, and then you roll with them. You let them have it. Levi Wallace. You let them, you roll with it. Okay. But if that's not the case, then I think it's not a bad take to bring Joe in. What do you, what do you have to lose at this
1: well, point? I, well, I, I, you know who would object? Who? And he'd do it in a quiet, respectful way. Talk to me, Danny Smith. Because of special teams reasons. Yeah, yeah, you're not putting Joe Hayden on your special teams. No, you're other, not. Other than the kick block, obviously.
0: Well, yeah, other than yeah, okay. punt block. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Other than it, it, that, it, it, you're not. You're
1: not putting him on kick coverage. You're not putting him on kick returns. And and Danny Smith needs to have X number of backups at certain does. Fast positions in uh, order to. Do you see what I'm saying? And well, you're going to say, "Well, I'm, I'm going to throw out." Though, Go ahead.
0: If, if I can say positionally, though, as far as having Joe on the roster, um, with 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 being a guy that can make a play or two, because he has done it every year he's been in Pittsburgh. You know, wh- where are we with with the history of the young guys that's on the roster right now of making those type of plays? Now, do you rob Peter to pay Paul in the sense of taking a position away from another room just to keep him in instead of those four, those three active quarterbacks? Do you keep two and have the seven round kid on 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 practice squad? You know, like that's where you are as far as trying to balance out that roster. So I'm glad I don't have to do that, Omar. Hey, good job trying to do that this year.
1: Yeah, I mean that's 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 really the thing. I I, yeah. I just can't I I can't say enough about Joe Hayden and and the way he performed in Pittsburgh. But I also know that you know at minicamp when we were interviewing uh, the assistant coaches, the positional coaches, and yeah. they're speaking of Joe in the past tense. Oh you know and they're saying yeah we know what joe meant to us and dot 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 and you're going really really that's 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 a little different yeah you (laughs) you, you
0: don't want that man uh that's that's the telltale sign right there is it not
1: yeah it is when we come back the only segment that matters Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. The only segment that matters is the Hey Moan segment. And today's entry comes from Dave Shipley. And he's referring to the discussion that we've had here this week about which current Steelers uh, or recent past Steelers uh, are headed for Canton. And Dave asks, is James Harrison a lock? I think he should have been Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, that's a hard one. Yeah, that Super Bowl MVP in and of itself is an interesting debate, okay? Yeah,
0: it is.
1: (laughs) Because there's Santonio, there's Ben, and then there's James. And if any of the three got it, you would have been like, yeah, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, Santonio got it that year, right? He did.
1: Instead of James, man. Uh, I'm all right with it. I'm totally all right with it because when you become the the very obvious go-to receiver on yeah. such a magnified drive, mm-hmm. on the drive of your life, and the other team can't do anything Anything (laughs) to stop you? I'm sorry, but that is more about the wide receiver than it is about the quarterback. It is, but that play is boy, they needed Uh, that play, and
0: he made it from James. Like, and the story behind how it happened—you hadn't seen—just Google that. uh, As far as the way they broke that play down and actually started installing that play in the defense from that moment on, like, imagine—it's—it's
1: the 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 James—it's the first. 0.8 0.8 seconds of that sequence. Yeah. is what nobody talks about. They all talk about the 100-yard run and they mm-hmm. should. It's spectacular. It's yeah. football history. It is. Okay? But but it's almost as if it's accepted that well, Kurt Warner just made a mistake. He he just he just dropped back and uh, didn't see Harrison there and just threw it between the nine and the two. And that is not at all what happened. No, no,
0: it's not. Again, go go search that because that history lesson is worth your time if you're still a fan. And if you're here, you are still a fan. Um, okay, let's let's go that route. Then James uh, was done playing ball in 2017. I think it was his last year. So because of that, he's now five years out. I think this new ballot of players coming out, he should be on that list. Whether he's a first ballot or not, I personally think he could or should be just because of the journey and how he took the league by storm DK as far as that goes man uh, in his career he dominated an era I told you that's how I judge who gets in as far as the the Hall of Fame he dominated an era I'm looking at it right now from 2007 all the way up to 2011 that's that's five years of dominance when you look at what he did as far as the accolades the one thing that may kind of hurt him in the sense of what he did or did not do DK is that he still played a good little bit after he was done. And from that point, his sack total kind of went down a little bit. The tackle total kind of went down a little bit, but he still made plays in spot positions. Yeah, he Before, did. Uh, you got to l- l- l-
1: let me, let me, let me interject here, please. One okay, thing. Go ahead. I actually think that his time in new England will help him in this cause. Here's why. Okay, he was seen, and rightly so, as such a freak of nature at that phase of his career for 39. his age, and the fact that he was going, he was taking grown offensive linemen who were 10, 12 younger than him, and just discarding them like yeah. Lou Ferrigno, you yeah. know, painted green, and and. And I thought that actually burnished his brand. You know, he was now, he was away from the Steelers and their system and their mystique. And he's there and he's brought back. And you think, wow, what's this guy got left? This is crazy. He's 900 years old. What's he doing? Yeah. But then he just kept doing it. Like you said, it was in spurts, but it was in really dramatic spurts. Remember, like he'd it have was. like three sacks like that in one half and you'd go, what the heck is Ooh. this? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's, that's very true. He, he still continued to to push the envelope of being a great. So, yeah, I completely agree with you, DK, on that. But in, in terms of getting in, yes, I don't know if they're going to let him be a first ballot simply because, you know, the NFL voters are very finicky when it comes to canton man i say he does get in a hundred percent gets in man his his career total tackles total sacks are uh at 84 and a half so that puts him in that conversation dk uh also defensive player of the year all pro two years first team man uh i recently saw he was um fourth in mvp league voting the year he won defensive player of the year that's a hell of a career, DK, in any way you stretch it. And just the journey of being an underdog from, you know, the the um, him being an underdog as far as being undrafted multiple teams. You know the whole story behind it. James Harrison, to me, is a Hall of Famer, and I'll be glad when he gets that gold jacket.
1: Yeah, I mean, football people love those stories. And remember they that it's football people doing the voting. And,
0: can I say something, too? and he softened his image slightly because I yeah. think he is doing some acting. He's doing so he's doing the media push a little bit DK with being involved in that era. Like yeah. he still tackled the guy on the commercial
1: but <laughs> He's a face that you know the now. The commercial you know, was
0: man. awesome. It was good. <laughs> the uh,
1: commercial uh, was awesome. That's a scary
0: uh, movie right there. Yeah, and
1: by the way, for anybody who wonders, it's not – I mean, there are media people involved in the voting, but it's not the way it is in baseball where it's just a you – know, like. and I'm involved. I'm one of the baseball – Hall of Fame voters and when it's just we get envelopes and we fill them out it's more of a process everybody comes into the same room at the Super Bowl site and they talk about it and they make cases it's a little bit more of a personal process so no one in that setting Moan is going to say yeah but James was mean to me once okay (laughs) James has been mean to every one of us myself included at some (laughs) different point or other in our lives okay Uh, who's uh, ever uh, been around a Steelers
0: and for Claire, I wasn't talking about his attitude. I was just speaking on the fact that we see his face on TV, meaning... No, I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah Jam- James, Harrison. James, Har- James Harrison. James <laughs> Harrison <laughs> <laughs> made a lot of people's days bad on yeah, and off the field. Wow. Let's do another one of the... Oh, hey, by the way, uh, on yesterday's show... Yeah. Yeah. We had <laughs> suggested that we were going to talk about Dan Moore today, and then... Cam goes and blows that up by, yeah. by, by texting Moan. So we, we, we committed today to Cam. Tomorrow, for real, we will yeah. talk about Dan Moore. Yeah, we will. Absolutely.